In this podcast, I will be talking to Jingshu Shen, co-founder of Veer VR. Thanks for taking the time, uh, Jingshu. Yeah, thanks for having me here. Yeah, you probably have a busy schedule here at CanXR Virtual. So uh, based on your LinkedIn profile, it seems like you have a background in mathematics, science and engineering, and you mainly worked as a UI UX designer. Mm -hmm. How did you end up starting a company in VR? Yeah, uh, I studied human-computer interaction at Stanford and worked as a UI UX designer in startups in, in Silicon Valley. So my background is more in technology and the interaction design, but I have a lot of friends who work in film and industry uh, and art industry. So I all, I'm always interested in the intersection between the technology and the art. So VR is actually a perfect place for me where I can do both what I'm good at and what I'm interested in. And I co-founded VR with Aiden, my co-founder, in 2016. Uh, he was my schoolmate in my undergrad, and we were both working in Bay Area at that time. And Aiden, he was um, working in Sierra Venture. It's a venture capital okay. um, company. So, and he was looking. He he actually looked and invested in many VR deals at that time, including like Jund and uh, some other VR companies. And finally, he decided to started his own VR company. And he reached out to me and showed the Gear VR to me. I was really amazed by the VR experience. So the first time I, I, I tried Gear VR, I believed that this will be the next generation of media and computing platform. Even though at that time, everything was very immature at this industry, but we decided pretty quickly, like in one month, and then we went back to Beijing in China and started Veer in 2016. Mm. Interesting. So uh, Veer is headquartered in China, yeah. but as a platform, of course, it's operating globally. Uh, do you think China is ahead of the world in terms of consumption of VR content? Yeah, I, I think China is definitely one of the largest market in terms of consumption of VR content. But the uh, landscape of VR market in China is a little bit from for example, North America and Europe. So in short term and mid term, I think the location-based VR market is actually larger and growing faster than the online or home VR entertainment market in China. Because in China, you, you know, like, we have uh, this large population. So generally, the location-based entertainment is a huge market. And Chinese young generation, they are very willing to try new things and adopt new ways of entertainment. And so as you know, we, are, we started as an online VR video platform since 2016. But last year, we started to operate our um, LBE VR cinema uh, it's called Zero Space uh, in China. And we opened over 20 locations last year and got pretty positive feedback from audience, our location partners. So in China, the location-based uh, VR market is growing pretty fast. And as for the online VR market, market or the uh, home VR market, um, I think in China it's still a, a little bit early stage because um, Oculus Rift and Quest, they have, Oculus Rift is not selling in China. Um, so the VR has a manufacturers in China, there were many uh, selling 3DOF VR headsets. And it's more focused on um, media entertainment than gaming. Mm -hmm. They started to 
um, to manufacturers and uh, sell uh, six dollar headsets. For example, Pico they uh, they launched their um, six dollar products this year, but I think it still takes a bit time for to build the whole six dollar ecosystem here. And another thing uh, I think it's worth um, mentioning is that um, Chinese government is pushing the development of 5G network and all the big telecom companies in China are all in it now. So and the VR plus 5G, it is an important part of the whole 5G uh, strategy. And because of 5G and the telecom companies, they they have um, huge demand for high quality VR videos like 4K or 8K VR videos, mm-hmm. and we are we are working pretty closely with them to license content to them or co-invest in new content. So I think with the development of 5G, it will also also help the adoption of VR to grow faster in the at-home entertainment market. And can you share something of uh, about numbers or something of a recurring visitation of of uh, uh, visitors of the LBs? Or is this is this something that you can't share? Uh, it, it depends. So the RLB model is um, we we have different size of the of our VR cinema. So for example, we opened one cinema in Shanghai Tower. It's a tourism places place in Shanghai. It's the tallest building in China, and the, the so that place we have about twenty five seats in uh in a space which is about a hundred square meter and we have uh, hundreds of paid customers so people who comes in and pay for the ticket to watch vr in that one location and we have other smaller locations which are in the in shopping malls or or in cinemas those are only five to three seats uh three to five seats and usually we, we have like about like 10 or 20 people coming every day and at um, weekend it will be much there there will be much more people so it really depends on like which is which location we open the cinema and how big is it yeah and um do you do you have an idea because i think it's it's very useful for our community members um which content performs the best in the lbs yeah in the lbs because most of the users are new to vr Okay. Uh, we have we, we we did some survey. We have about it's about ninety seven percent of the audience in LB. They are new to VR, so they are generally looking for something like that. They can imagine. Oh, this is something worth to paying for and experiencing VR. So content that gives audience an extraordinary experience that they will never or very hard to get in reality. It's it sells very well. For example, the Everest. It, it it's a documentary about the the, the mountain climbing. Mm-hmm. So that that one sells pretty well. And also the uh, genres like uh, the the themes like space and underwater and the wildlife. All those content sells pretty well. And on the so it's fiction, actually actually. Mm-hmm. Like like tourism content or travel content is something that's performing very well then at the moment. Mm, tourism content isn't performs that well because I feel like if because most of the if it's not like space or underwater if it's just tourism places uh, content people feel they can't imagine or a lot of people they've been to those places already mm-hmm. so it's it yeah. doesn't sell that well because I I remember we have some tourism content. 
about like France or Italy, but it doesn't sell as well as the like the Everest or as like space NASA or underwater content. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and also there is a huge demand for from LB audience for fictional content. So animation, thriller, and uh, horror content. Like okay. those, yeah, sells pretty well. Okay. Um, so with uh, with virtual, we kickstart and expand careers in VR, which mm-hmm. means that our online education platform and community helps students and professionals alike broaden their VR storytelling capacity. Uh, but also we want to guide them towards production and monetization of their content. How do creators get their content published on the VR platform? Do they reach out to you or do you reach out to them? Or uh, Yeah, yeah, uh, both ways. So um, on one hand, we are always actively looking for new projects and talented creators. So we go to film festivals to meet creators and we once we find a project that we, we think will have great potential to distribute and monetize uh, in, in, in our channel, we will reach out to the creators. On the other hand, uh, our website, the uh, VR.TV, it is always open for creators to reach out to us. So creators, they can apply to become our verified creator on our website. And if they want to if they want their content to be in our paid section or in our LB VR cinema, they will need to submit a bit more information about their project to us. Um, and also we have a an immersive media fund to support cinematic VR creation, which is also, the, the information is also available on our website and uh, creators can apply through our website. And our team will re- review their proposals and get back to them pretty soon. Okay, that's interesting. So, um, yeah, you were, uh, Veer was one of the main partners at ScanXR Virtual this year. Mm-hmm. What was the main reason for this partnership? Um, were you happy with the virtual edition or would you prefer an offline or hybrid version in the future of the event? Yeah, so um, during the pandemic or the, during the pandemic of COVID-19, I think a lot of creators and the companies are facing great challenge. So we think it's a time for us to really unite together and uh, support each other. So that that's the main reason we want to partner with CanXR to make this CanXR virtual happen. And uh, during the pandemic, we actually managed to help a, a group of 360 creators to monetize their work. So we want to share our strategy and distribution model to the community. And also together with CanXR, we, want, we aim to find more ways to support immersive content creators and also because we focused on 360 uh, videos uh, 360 and the and the one 3DOF content many and we think it is a um, it is the most distributable VR format and there are a lot mm-hmm. of 360 works that are great um, and especially in during the pandemic 360 is probably the most um the format that's easiest to distribute to a massive audience. So that's why we 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 organize this uh, VR three sixty cinema showcase to to show these great um, three sixty works to the global audience. So and you oh yeah, yeah yeah and for the yeah yeah I'm I'm quite happy with the virtual edition. I think um, Can XR 
this year really made a huge breakthrough. It does on it it does not only have the online uh, online exhibition, online talks and demos. It also works with LBE partners like us to have the venues outside of Cannes for partners who mm-hmm. who do not have the VR headset. And I think this is really brilliant. I want to bring this up because um, I think even without the pandemic, not everyone can make it to the Cannes physically or even if they went to Cannes. Uh, they might not have enough time to visit VR sec- XR section. We actually invited several partners and investors from film industry to our office to join Can XR um, these days, and they all mentioned, "Oh, I went to Can last year, and I noticed there was a VR section there, but I didn't have time to experience it." So I think this time can have both on the online experience, online part, and the location um, LBE part outside of Can, it actually maximized the impact of Can XR. That, 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 yeah, this is really brilliant. Yeah, I think that's a very smart idea. And that's not only smart for, for the VR events, in my opinion, but also for, for hybrid events in general who want to uh, adopt or adapt the virtual reality part of an event as well. So people do not have headsets. So yeah. uh, by partnering with LBEs, you mm-hmm. have the the hardware in place and the support. So I think, yeah, it's a very smart move. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe one last question. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, um, because you, you were talking earlier about the pandemic, do you think the pandemic mm-hmm. uh, has or will have a positive impact on our industry? Yeah, uh, I have mixed feeling about this, but overall, I think it will uh, have more positive impact than negative impact. Um, it um, the pandemic does hurt location based VR a lot, since most mm-hmm. of the locations cannot open during the pandemic, and we actually shut down almost all of our twenty locations during the pandemic. But now we are we are getting back to to business. We started to reopen since now, last month, and we are about um, sixty to seventy percent back to business. So so not too bad, yeah. And but as for home VR entertainment or home online VR market, I think the impact of pandemic is definitely much more positive. There, there is a report says Oculus Quest is out of stock during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I think this shows the surge of consumer demand for VR at home. Yeah. And another positive impact I I want to mention is that we, we, we find there are more cross-industry collaboration opportunities for VR because of the pandemic. And because during the pandemic, a lot of friends and partners from other industries, like for example, film, music, and traveling, they all come to us and uh, they are actively seeking opportunities to combine their business with with VR. And these companies Mm -hmm. are... We actually used to approach them before, before the pandemic, and they were always a little bit hesitant to try VR because it's so new. But the pandemic actually kind of pushes them to innovate and uh, adopt new technologies like VR. I think um, this is a great opportunity for VR industry because we are still very young and small industry. We really need more cross-industry collaboration to 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 increase the impact of VR. So pandemic actually gives or pushes other industry to 
to innovate and adopt VR. I think it their adoption of VR will be sooner than when when we don't have this pandemic. Yeah, I believe so too. And because um, if you if you look at history of emerging technology, mm-hmm. uh, all all emerging tech has always found its entry to uh, to consumer markets through enterprise solutions. And once people are getting used to work with a VR headset, they're mm-hmm. also probably open to explore um, yeah cinematic VR content as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also think this is a very interesting um, case for our industry. Yeah, so, exactly. Um, yeah. I want to thank you very much for your time uh, and this very insightful conversation. And I wish you all the best at Canix, our virtual, and with the rest of um, VR. VR. Yeah, thanks. Hope you enjoy Canix as well. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> thank Bye-bye. you. Bye.